Right, so three things I'm going to share with you. They're actually quite short, and as we go through them, we've got some clips for some interviews with people, some, uh, some stories. They're just bits of the stories. We have a new section in the app, by the way, if you look at it, where people are we're getting some stories of things that God has been doing. And you, you'll be able to, through the app and through our YouTube site, see these the, these wonderful people that we're going to interview this morning, see their full interviews. But as I go through these three points, I'm going to have just a few little clips to share you, to share with you. So before we get to John 14, I'm going to start with Luke, Luke 24, the road to Emmaus. And then, as I say, we've been in a series in John. Um, oh, by the way, we're starting a new series after Easter on Sundays. And we will tell you what that is. It's almost finalised and it's very exciting as that comes together for after Easter and through the summer. So Luke 24, if you want to read this along with me. Now that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles. That's two of the disciples. After, so this is after Jesus' death uh, and his uh, resurrection. Or about 11 kilometres from Jerusalem. They were walking with each other talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And the chief priests and rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, on the third day since all this took place, in addition, some of our women were amazed. And they went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. And they came and told us that they'd seen visions of angels and that he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and they found it just as the women said. But they did not see Jesus he said to them how foolish you are and slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory and beginning with Moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself and as they approached the village to which they were going Jesus continued on as if he was going farther but they urged him strongly stay with us it's nearly evening the day's almost over so he went to stay with them When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? So that's the longer passage to read to you this morning. Um, Have you ever wondered why the disciples were unable to recognize Jesus? might be that the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow him. Jesus was a bit incognito. He'd risen from the dead, so they didn't quite recognise him in his new body. All those things. But here, in the context we're in, I think something else was taking place, and it's this. Our brains have a bias. We have all these shortcuts we take to get through life, to not have to think too much about things. And sometimes those are helpful, but often they're very unhelpful. Apparently there's 185 biases that we have, and they get us into lots and lots of trouble. And they get worse when we face trauma. Have you noticed the insanity of our world at the moment? 
about everything, politics, economics, vaccinations, you name it, because of all the stress and trauma we're going through and our brains make shortcuts and they come to all the wrong sorts of conclusions. And we know the disciples are utterly traumatized. They have betrayed Jesus completely, ran away. And they saw his execution, brutal execution after everything they've been through. We've been going through the series on The Chosen. One of the reasons we did that was to, to find a way to visually engage with and remember how amazing Jesus is. And one of the things I've done as I've watched that series, I've thought, how could they? How could the disciples know this amazing person who Jesus was and everything he warned them about? And when it comes to it, by the way, when the series gets there, I'm going to be even more in pieces. And then they ran away and wondered what had happened. And we see this in the passage with Jesus, verse 17. Verse 17, Jesus says, what's been happening? As if the Lord of creation didn't know. We know Jesus knows what's been happening. But he asked them, tell me what's going on with you. This is a parallel for us at the minute. Have any of you had someone say, how are you doing at the minute? Have you had any Christian friends say, how are you getting on? Jesus says, how's it going? And what they do is they tell their story, almost like a news story of the events that have happened. And then they say to Jesus, have you got no, what, what on earth, Jesus, have you missed everything that's been happening? And he says to them in verse 19, what things? And do you notice the story they tell? It's the media story. It's the news story. It's their emotional story. It's their distress story. It's their trauma story. It's their bias story. It's the one that all their friends are telling them story. And there is a real danger that you and I have at the moment. And, and I'll show you in verse 25. Jesus warns us about this. There are, there's a danger that we make the wrong meaning for what we're going through. There are three things in the Bible. We haven't got time to look at the Bible verses for them. But three things. If you've been a Christian, you'll know these. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Any of you remember those? Three things that Jesus warns us about. That the world has its own story and it will tell us the wrong story. That the flesh, you and I... That includes our cognitive bias. We'll make up the wrong things. And the devil prowls around looking to tell us lies and the wrong story. So maybe could you like hit the pause button with me? Sometimes I imagine you've got a big pause button. You know, like in one of those game shows. Just like on your life right now. Just like hit pause. What story have you come here with this morning? About life and the next few months. Here's my story. When people ask me, I've had a lot of people ask me how I'm doing. There is a danger that I'll tell you the story about my fatigue and overwork. Other than when we planted the church, I have never worked so much in my life, ever. The pace of change, I've got everything that you hear about, decision, fatigue. If I have to make one more decision, it's exhausting. Looking after, trying to do what we normally do, trying to do it in a change way, trying to plan for it for the future, trying to adjust it, trying to care for people with all the needs that are happening, trying to anticipate. We sit there sometimes, staff team, with flowcharts. If this, then this, then this. I've never had to do so, so much contingency planning. It's been absolutely exhausting. I am exercising. I am praying more than I have ever prayed. I am trusting Jesus more than ever, but I am weary. This is weary. And then my wife, watching her dad be taken into care in his dementia and, and probably at the end of his life and watching what she is having to deal with, with her parents. That is distressing 
It's hard for me as a husband. I feel the weight of that and wish I could do something to lift that from her. And then our daughter, Leah, special needs. There's a load of amazing stuff happening, but it feels like a part-time job again with my local authority chasing social workers and specialists and psychiatrists and other people. So if, you, this, if, if this was Jesus walking along with me, so Jason, what's been happening for you in COVID? And I tell him all of that, all of that, and then verse 25, this is the hard bit, because I need to hear this. Jesus would say, Jason, you're foolish. If that's the only story you're listening to. Jesus doesn't mince his words. He's saying foolish here to these people walking along. Not because he despises them or he's going, you idiots, you morons. He's talking about it's the opposite of wisdom. If that's the only story I'm telling, I do not have the opposite of foolishness. Scripture talks a lot about foolishness compared to the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is what Jesus then explains to the disciples. So what story are you telling yourself and other people? How do you plan on coming out of COVID with Jesus? So now we're going to play a clip. This is from a bit from an interview with Nigel Wilson talking about how he got a bit lost on his journey and came back to Jesus. Two and a half years ago in August. Yeah. Uh, and I just split up with my, my partner that I'd been with for nine years. Yeah. Uh, and I came, I was having a shower one morning, funny enough, mm. and um, I had this real urgency just to get out of the house. We just split up and I went down to the Dolphin. Mm. Um, and I just tapped on the back of the door and opened up the door. Wendy oh, was there, prayer, prayer room. and yeah, the prayer room. And I was an absolute wreck. And uh, and to see her face like Wendy's was great. And then Wendy had mentioned that she'd seen something that particular morning or while she was there, and uh, she'd seen uh, uh, the story about the prodigal son, um, you know, and. She prayed it with us, and, and I, even to this day, you know, the story about the prodigal son, it's very poignant. And, um, yeah, so I think that was probably my first nudge. So just dig into that story a bit. So why did you go to the Dolphin? What were you hoping? There'd be someone there from church? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Got no idea. I mean, I, you, knew the, I, you knew the church had taken the pub on, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, I knew the church had taken the pub on and stuff like that as well. But I just, it was at just that, a fear. At that moment, you go down, you knock on the back door, which is the prayer room. Yeah. And it happens to have Wendy Sullivan in it, who you've known since the church started and who runs a prayer group that have been praying for you. That prayer group's called the Prodigals. And she's had a word <laughs> that day about Prodigals. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like God, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Looking back now, it is yeah. God. At the time, it was a bit like I'm a wreck and I don't know what's going on. But now I look back and think, actually, no, that's God moving in different ways. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? See, when we get God's perspective, everything changes. So, are we going to walk out of COVID with Jesus? So, two more things to share with you. These are from John 14. If you want to turn to John 14, I'll read the verses to you. John 14, this is Jesus speaking. Do not let your hearts be troubled. 
you believe in God or believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? That's verses one through five uh, from that passage in John. I did that thing where I've copy and pasted off the internet and used the wrong translation uh, for me. Uh, how can we know the way? And then verse six, Jesus answered, this most well-known of verses, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Some of us will know this passage. It's really well known. In my Father's house are many rooms. The Greek word there is mansions. It's just amazing space that God has for us. Um, and then this uh, saying, immediately afterwards, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So when you're filling notes, this is the first this is, the, this is the, the word to fill in. This is about spaces and places for you. Now, Jesus is talking about, we often think this passage is just about eternity, what happens when we die, but it's not. It's actually what we do now. Eternity begins now, not when we're dead. The Father's house is not just something for us to inhabit and experience when we die. Jesus brings the Father's house now. The kingdom of God is at hand now. In the Father's house are many rooms for us to experience God now. So let me ask you this. Have any of you got any longings about spaces and places that have been lost in COVID? I had to go to Wimbledon the other day to get some paint on Click and Collect. It was one of the most exciting things I've done for a month. It's crazy, isn't it? Do you know, those longings that we have for relatives, for families, for holidays, for variety, those point to something that we were made for. We were made to connect with the Father, with Jesus, in the Father's house, in all the spaces and places that he has for us. And you know what? There was Before COVID, there was the danger of disconnecting from the Father's house. Some Christians do that. Some people never make it into the Father's house. The enemy wants to keep them away from the places and the spaces where they can experience the Father and go into eternity with Jesus. And some Christians drift out of every space and place and get isolated through the world, the flesh and the devil. And there is the danger in COVID of getting isolated, which is why if you have managed to turn up, well done spaces and places and there is even more danger about spaces and places as we exit covid so this space by the way online i often do a shout out for the team that do it it has taken so much work uh, behind the scenes computers and setup and software and video and sound and then the team who are here who make it happen um, and it just gets better and better every week um, and they are just amazing our small groups again I get every single webinar that I get to listen to from amazing leaders in churches around the world are saying the one place that has kept Christians connected the most is small groups and if you have connected into your small group, well done. And small group leaders, another shout out for you. I love the way Jules and Corinna, they said something a few weeks ago in the comments. And they talked about, they called the people in their small group smallies. Never heard that term, my smallies. Isn't that a great phrase? Term of endearment. 
So you know what? If you've been in a small group, give your small group leaders a shout out. Send them a message. Send them a message and say thank you to them. Small group leaders, you have just been, again, immense. When we look back in history at what God has done through his church, and when we get into eternity, you have a special place of honour and recognition for what has been at stake. And we love you and we thank you. And you know what? There has been so much innovation for spaces and places in the life of our church. Look down the app now. Again, if, if all you've done is maybe tune in here on a Sunday, you may have missed. But there has been, I've never known so many innovations made by people in the life of our church. The prayer and discernment forum that's been meeting, prayer meetings, a, a plethora of different types of prayer meetings. Lighthouse has continued. Youth. I mean, just every week, are you noticing how the youth are innovating the places and spaces and the opportunities to meet? So quiz nights this week that are being fun. And... Um, Ben having to eat an inordinate number of something or other, like all youth pastors have to do. But what about kids? Have you noticed the spaces and places for kids that, have been, that we have had and have been available and are available? A parent in the church whose name, who shall remain nameless, told me about how wonderful it was that their daughter got to do the, the fitness activity group. Um, that was Claire, who was playing the keyboards, and, and Ryan, shout out to you. It's just amazing watching how people in the church are stepping up and doing things in the most innovative ways for our kids. This parent did say it was great that their kid was running off some energy. That's another reason to send them to the, that fitness activity group. But he said it was a bit scary the way Claire was shouting about doing press-ups or squat thrusts. And I'm noticing in the comments here, um, the roadmap, I said June was hugs. And apparently Pete, who's on our preaching team, is going to be away in June to avoid the hugs. So it's all right, Pete. We will save them up for July. And we will do a rota at your house. There's an idea. How about a rota? Claire, we could do that with you. We can ring Pete's doorbell and go, hug, hug. We're just going to hug him through July. There you go. There is no escape, Mr. Hardy. So all that innovation... And the stuff that's being, and by the way, the stuff that's been going on in kids, um, as you know, um, Hannah's now on maternity leave and Lily's gone on maternity leave after the huge investments they made. My wife, Bev, has stepped up and Bev's involved in kids, but a special shout out to Becky Skinner. If we have any Becky Skinner fans in the room, all the stuff that Becky's doing for our digital strategies, Becky helping out on maternity cover. And the, if you see the, I mean, I, I watch those videos that are being made about well-being for Lent for our kids. Just one thing that's happening and think it's just stunning what our team are doing. And, and Josh Miles is one of my heroes now. I thought Josh just sat behind a desk, but Josh, you're just absolutely amazing in front of a camera and what you've been doing for the kids. By the way, for Becky, send her lots of chocolate to say thank you. Um, over, overwhelm that wonderful, wonderful woman. Then we've had Alpha, Alpha Online, and, and a whole bunch of people turning up for Alpha and hearing about Jesus. Sensible Shoes has been meeting. Those are just some things that have been happening. And by the way, we have a roadmap. Look at your app. It's been updated today. We have a whole lot of new things about to happen as so we can walk with Jesus. These the, the Father's house, the rooms God has for us, we'll get back to Sundays. But meanwhile, there are so many places we're reaching for and they are available to you and you're invited to them. We are going to have spaces and places for silence. It might be a strange thing in COVID, 
but offering the opportunity to sit with someone and be guided in moments of silence after all the noise. We have got more prayer meetings that are going to be taking place. We've got a whole group that have been training behind the scenes for well-being and mental health and faith. I've been taking part in that with them. Um, that's a, it's a bit like an iceberg. Again, you won't have seen this, but this is the investment that members of our church are making for us and our future and you and your friends and families. We have a thing called Powerful Conversations. A whole team have been training and learning how to help people hear from God. We've got a new women's ministry happening, which people seem to be excited about. I wondered if I could do that Monty Python thing, turn up and go, are there any, any men here? No, no. Here, the reverse of the Monty Python. I'll get my Prosecco out and sneak in in Zoom. But women's ministry um, that's being planned and happening, and men's things for the men and breakfasts. Bre- men breakfasts are on the way and other stuff. And there's so many things. That's just a handful of them. Places and spaces in the Father's house. And here's how this works. How do we meet Jesus and walk out of COVID with him? We need to turn up in places and spaces where there is the opportunity to meet him. If we don't, we won't. It's not rocket science. The Father's house. Now, got another clip at the end of this point from Nigel about small groups. I think one of the main things I think that I got in contact with the church and I think the main part of it was the small group and the small hubs that we have together. And I got in contact with Bev, and Bev instantly knew which group would be ideal for me. (laughs) Great. Um, And I think, you know, uh, the the church talks about small groups quite a bit and stuff like that. And, you know, um, and without my small group, I don't think I would be returning back to church. Um, And I think it was more of a case of how could I when i when i came through the the period of what do i need to, to do and start to find svc online and mm-hmm. and these new access to god on youtube and stuff like that um there was a real drive for me to come back and i think he was telling me that you need to come back but i'm going to show you some format of how you can do it um yeah. i'll be honest with you on a sunday morning if if sutton vineyard was open I wouldn't be the first person to walk through the door. Yeah. No chance of it. Yeah, you know. And I think I think over the months that we were in lockdown, yeah. and then eventually we came out of lockdown. Yeah. Um, we were, I was able to walk back into church, um, and I think the the break, the the lockdown period we've had, mm. um, and the introduction to church via YouTube and small group that gave me that opportunity to actually, do you know what? I, I can actually do that again. Because I think I probably would have turned up to Overton and probably just got to the gate and just walked back the other way rather than going across. That's yeah. personally how I would, I wouldn't have felt comfortable with it. But yeah. eventually when I, that actually did happen, yeah. yeah, it was great and I loved it. So uh, gosh, amazing again. Small, we say small groups are vital. Look how vital they really are. They really are. And that'll be another challenge, Joe. We're going to stay connected, not just go into the new places, but over this summer. Um, small group leaders have told me they've never had so many people coming to their small groups and the way they've bonded and connected. Will we continue to connect into our small groups with our wonderful small group leaders?
Just looking at the comments again here. So apparently I've been challenged to dress up as Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> and turn up at the Prosecco, the women's Prosecco and whatever it is meeting. And Pete is now away for all of July. It's fine, Pete. We'll move hugs to August. So you know where that's going, Pete. Um, you can run, but you can't hide. Now, lastly, thirdly. So the first one, will we walk out with Jesus and, let, and hear his wisdom for us and his explanation of what he's doing with us and the way we do that is to connect into the father's house and the places in the rooms underneath our desire for all the other places to connect where we press into the opportunities to connect with one another with God and have him meet us and the third one is spaces and places for other people. Uh, right at the end of John 14, in my father's house are many rooms, and Jesus speaks to us about that, and it begins now. But he also then, but un, not, not surprisingly, then saying, no one comes to the father except through me. Here's what's at stake about spaces and places. As I said, the, the enemy loves to keep people away from God, keep him away from anything to do with hearing about Jesus, any space, any place, because ultimately he wants to isolate them for all eternity. And Jesus reminds us of what's at stake for us and for people that don't know him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. He is the life. Um, and our friends and our neighbours. So as a church, we want to together be hosts for people. You've heard me, if this is your church, I haven't mentioned it for a little while, but we talk regularly about is our church somewhere where you're always a guest? Am I going to go? Am I going to take part? Or is our, church, is our church your church where you become a host? Where you welcome people, invite them, and take care of them in some way? And we are looking at and know that God is speaking to us as a church about the opportunity as we come out of COVID to invite friends, family, and neighbours into spaces and places in the Father's house. And I picture it this way. Spaces and places where people will think, oh, that looks a bit like me. I've got questions about faith or I need help with something or prayer for something or that looks fun. We're good at doing that as a church. Places and spaces to welcome people to. And again, you won't have seen it, but you'll see the outworkings of it. An enormous amount of planning and work and training and mobilizing these last few months behind the scenes. We have a bereavement space now and it's just had its first... Um, pilot and trial and it's been so wonderful and that space is going to continue people who are who people who suffer bereavement on their own anyway but especially in covid their openness to process that i said our well-being and mental health space we have some creative amazing creative spaces that are being planned and launched family and marriage support i'll tell you what as a pastor i've had to do a lot of marriage support and family support. And then there's a parenting uh, course happening as well. And another thing we're wanting to do is job skills, helping people. There's so many people in our church that know how to do CVs well and practice interviews. And we want to have a space in our, for our community to, for people to be invited to. That's just a few things that we're going to be doing. Spaces in the Father's house for us to invite other people to. So now, got a clip from Serena about how Bev and I met her and we invited her into a space in the Father's house. So Serena, how did you come into the life of our church? Well, I've been thinking about 
finding a church for mm-hmm. a while. And um, and then I went along to our cat lady, who looks after our cat when we're on holiday, birthday lunch. That's right. And sitting next to me at the table were this quite nice couple <laughs> that I got chatting to called Bev and Jason. I know. And um, just started chatting away. And I don't even know how it came up in the conversation, but I think I mentioned something about I was looking for a church. And then you explained that you were both yeah. pastors of... Sutton Vineyard at Overton Grange, where my son went, yeah. and I had no idea that the church yeah. existed. And you said, Why don't you come along and try it? So I thought, Hmm, I might. And then I randomly bumped into Bev in the Cheam Village. Randomly. Randomly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd never bumped into Bev ever before. Yeah. And I thought, Hmm, I think this might be a sign. Somebody's trying to tell me something, so I decided to come along on the Sunday. Yeah. That was it. I've been coming along every Sunday. Yeah, kept coming in since. I have indeed. I brought your husband along as well. Brought my husband, brought my daughter. My daughter. Brought my son at Christmas when he was back yeah. from college. I started come along, coming along with Chris and yeah. um, Ed's <clears throat> for quite a few weeks, and then of course my mum passed away, and um, I just found the being in church, hugely supportive. Everybody was, and is, so lovely. You know, I, I cried every week. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure if I came back to service now yeah. in that environment, I'd be the same. And everyone was just so lovely. Mm. Mm, really nice. Wasn't that amazing? So the, I say that story just constantly reminds me of how to listen to the Lord and the opportunity for invitation. We were invited to something our dog walker was doing and we nearly didn't go because my wife didn't want to listen to the Holy Spirit. Just saying. But I said, I said, it is going to be a bit weird meeting with a bunch of people who the only thing we have in common is we have cats and dogs. Uh, but the wonderful Emma, our dog walker, who we love dearly. But I just had a feeling that we had, I was exhausted, but I just knew we need to go. Emma's lovely, but I just knew we should go. And then we happened, just happened to sit down opposite Serena and I could feel the Holy Spirit on her. Uh, and then we did that thing where we had to, well, I didn't have to, but said, she talked, when someone says to you, I've been wondering about church for a while, it's a bit of a giveaway, isn't it, when people say to you, and by the way, you're going to have lots and lots of people who are going to say, my marriage is under stressure, my finances are difficult, I'm worried about my job, I'm grieving, all these things people are going to say, and they are an open door to invite people and host them. And I sit there interviewing Serena thinking, what if I'd sat there like a mute idiot and gone, I'm too scared to say anything? and see the transformation in Serena's life when we invite people into the rooms of the Father's house. So I think people are wondering more and more if there is something else to life than this. How many stories of people do you know who are packing it all in and running away somewhere, moving away? Because people are just desperate to find the something more. And we know the something more is here. Jesus said the kingdom of God, the something more, is where? It's right at hand, closer to you than everything you're struggling with. So last clip here from Dillis about coming on the Alpha course. So um, the Alpha course was fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm a great uh, 
great fan of it. And it, it was done perfectly, I felt, at, at, um, at Sutton. I mean, from Bob on car park duty. Because I was very nervous the first evening I went, and where am I going to park? And I kind of turned my little mini into the car park, and there was Bob in his high-vis coat, um, welcoming me and pointing me into a space, walked up the stairs and uh, Brian greeted me. Um, and I was welcomed just wholeheartedly, you know, no judgment, no, you know, not, people not wanting to know my backstory, just accepting me. So um, I went not to actually regain my faith at all, but actually in a way to put this whole thing to bed, to, to it, I thought it can go one of two ways and I'm not actually too worried which way it goes. So I um, yeah, went on the course and I think the first three weeks, I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I like a good banter and uh, I met Aradi, which is a fantastic bonus. And, um, but I, I went home quite smugly thinking, yeah, I've made the right decision. This really doesn't, isn't credible and it doesn't hold up to um to the truth I, I you know it's not convinced me so it trundled along but i enjoyed it i, I enjoyed the relationships enjoyed uh, derek and suzanne's food and uh so i kept going and then we had the holy spirit day uh, the away day and um you know the talks were fantastic and i can't remember the name of the person who was leading up the front it wasn't brian but this guy said, you know, if you want to be prayed for, um, there's never a better time. Why not now? Why not now? So I sat there and I thought, hmm. And Aradi said, she was very brave. She said, can I pray for you? And no one had asked me for yeah, two years whether uh, they could pray for me. You know, lots of Christian friends. That's not a criticism. It's just, you know, that's the way it was. So I said, yeah, go on then. Yeah, go on then. It can't it can't do any harm. So Aradi, you know, said her best joined up prayers and prayed. And yeah, I felt the Holy Spirit and uh I reconnected really. Um yeah, yeah. Amazing. And then what happened after then? What's God been doing with you? So um I so yeah so that was lovely and then I did feel I should start attending Sutton which I did um and you know God's very gracious it's kind of the story of the prodigal you know while he was a long way off kind of the father runs to the prodigal and and that's how I felt God was towards me you know he took the initiative he kind of whispered in my ear and encouraged me and um welcomed me back there's no kind of like well where have you been you know, there's kind of none of that. It's just like, this. it's fantastic you're back. And um, I felt hugely welcomed at church, which was lovely. Um, yeah, and God's been very kind, very, very kind and gentle, welcoming me back. Um, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a great adventure again. Wasn't that amazing? Dillis, 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 you are a token of God's grace. Can't imagine our lives without you and them. And Dillis, now on our welcome to Dillis, we love you. Thank you for sharing and uh, your story with us. Um, so thank you guys for bearing with me with all that we've been doing today. The worship team have come back. Um, because I say, I had a little more to share you with an update, but also wanted you to hear some of those stories and 
go to the app and go to our YouTube and hear if you want to hear more of those stories. But I want to close now with uh, a picture oh, as I was praying for us as a church. And I wonder if you could imagine this with me in your mind's eye. I was praying for us as a church. Um, there was a beautiful prayer by Paul in Ephesians uh, chapter 3. Sorry, the, um, I haven't given this to the, to the team um, at the back, but if you've got a Bible, uh, Ephesians. And Paul talks about his prayer. I, this is a prayer that I've been praying for us as a church and for you. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses understanding, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work in us, to him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I've been praying that prayer every day for a couple of weeks and it's been gathering momentum in me about who Jesus is and what he wants to do for us and here is the picture I want to share with you I imagined us over this, this next period through Easter over the summer and the father's house this enormous facility room space that just has so many rooms we could never find them all and that there are spaces and places that the father has for us individually customized for us if we would go to them and be in them and all we have to do is be in them and then saw Jesus walking around coming up to us, asking how we were, Jesus laying hands on us and praying for us. And then other rooms where our friends and our family were invited into, and we were hosting them, we were giving them drinks and we were welcoming them. And then we had a big smile on our faces as we saw them talking to other people and ultimately as they had their conversation with Jesus. So we have one last thing we're asking you to do. In your app, We'd love you to take some action. And what we'd like you to do for yourself is come to the spaces and places for you. But in the app, we're asking for your help. And we need a whole bunch of people in our church to step into the opportunities of what God's doing and say that they'll help. So could you click the button that says, I will help? You can put your name in it. You're not signing up for anything, but it just means we can talk to you and see what you can help us with. We have these spaces and places, but we need an army of people who will host, who will welcome who will help us so that people can have their conversation with Jesus. So it's in the app, and I will press you with one more thing. Some of you right now, something kicks in where you think, I'll look at it later. That's not for me to be a host in the kingdom. And the invitation is to act against that very impulse, that's the world, the flesh, and the devil, and say, yes, Lord, I want to host. I want other people to meet you. So let's pray. Lord, I just pray for this chance to be able to share a small part of my life with you, my church, and whoever else is watching. Mm. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you for what you've decided to do in my life within this challenging time, 
cha- sorry, challenging times of all of our lives. Mm. Um, but Lord, I thank you for opening my eyes to what you are doing in my life. And also, Lord, I think there's a, a real sense, and I've got a real sense of just, mm. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, that if you can ma- imagine yourself in, a, in a, a park or somewhere that's got some real muddy ground, and then you see a gate, and that gate kind of just opens up in front of you, but mm. you've got to get through that muddy ground, mm. but the other side of that gate, the ground is not muddy, your boots are washed mm. and you can carry on walking. And I've just a vision over the last couple of weeks of just walking through some muddy times, but knowing that the other side is, is there. And Lord, I just thank you for the chance to be able to share it. Mm. And also I want to say thank you to you, Lord, for opening my eyes and opening my heart a little bit more to what, you are offering Mm. and i thank you (laughs) Mm. amen 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 